You're listening to Both Sides of the Mask. Umpires getting together to talk what it's like on both sides of their mask. Creating a fun atmosphere for anyone who can relate to sports, life, and officiating. Well, welcome back to Both Sides of the Mass. Man, it is an exciting time of year for everybody. We have been rolling back into things, getting getting things done. Tons of meetings have been happening. I know that I've been getting all sorts of FedEx text messages about packages that are arriving at the door, but I tested positive in December, so I guess they're just going to sit there. Some want them back, some don't. One of the signers said the conference is having a hard time getting them in. I'm like, hey, do you want me to mail them back to you? What would you... What would you like me to do? So I guess we'll find out all on that stuff. But we thank you so much for joining us. It's been a ton of fun that we've been having. We've been having a great 2021 so far. Great guests that have been here. And that today is going to be no different. Two gentlemen that I'm sure you have seen around that have been doing great things for the world of officiating. Communication-wise, information-wise. And so we're excited to have them on. Talk about some... Things where baseball and softball are the same, where they're different, and how they tie together and what we can be using together. So, Liz, how you been doing over there? Cold. <laughs> yeah. No. Icing right now. Oh, man. Last night was a treat. Like, I mean, I'm so glad that I have a, a four by four truck when I'm driving and I'm going 75 and everyone else has got their flashers on and they're driving 50 and, you know, making it more stressful on the road. But, man, it's cold. Snow's okay when you got four-wheel drive, but ice and four-wheel drive doesn't really matter. If you're spinning out of control, it doesn't matter how many drives you have. They will all be spinning out at one time. So if you are going anywhere this weekend, you got some nasty weather to be driving through. Take it easy. Be nice to the other person next to you. Maybe do like Liz does and just point and laugh as you fly on by them. <laughs> but we want to touch on a, a couple sponsors. We got Move Period. Down in Pensacola, Florida, Destiny Robinson has been doing some great things for us down there and helping get people moving. She has a top class staff on there. And we did a podcast with them in 2020. Just go back in there and look for the move period one. Check them out. Listen to that. Great information of how umpires need to get set for their game and how you can look to even find out about that. Then Christy Cornwell and Diamond Umpire Academy. You can look on their website and see some camps that they might have coming about. They have top-notch faculty members that are doing training for her at her camps. And I've been to one in Iowa in 2019. And some amazing things that really take place at their camp. And they do things just a little bit different. And I'd be even curious, Liz, what kind of the camps look like for the baseball side of it, what they're doing it there. I have a guy uh, here in Springfield, Jason Blackburn, that both these gentlemen probably know and do some camp stuff with him. And I know Jason does some really good camps in correlation with Hindi, uh, Harry, nope, Hunter Wendelstatt's camp started by Harry. Um, and then uh, another guy that they probably have heard of, probably both even work with, uh, Chris Kosky, lives here in town. Let's see if we can't get him on with us as well. We'll make some connection there. He runs a basketball court um, around here and does some really great things around here. But our last sponsor, Liz, you want to you talk about Tom? You have some personal connections with him. Yeah. So Tom Davis and Sports Recruiting Forum, you can find him on Facebook. He does a lot of great work, especially if you have an athlete that's just not sure how to get started with the recruiting process. Maybe you don't understand how to get started with the recruiting process. I knew a little bit about it, but I'm the type of person's like, hey, listen, if, if you can handle it and all I got to do is just send you a couple information or my daughter's got to send a couple information to you, 
that's the way to go. So Tom Davis, Sports Recruiting Forum, find him on Facebook. He is a busy man. You can even check out his YouTube videos that he's been posting. It's almost daily. This guy's crazy. So anyway, Tom Davis, Sports Recruiting Forum. All right, now to the good stuff. I know, Liz, you had been on these gentlemen's show that they were doing early on when they were getting started and we all kind of got taken off the field. And it was a great insight in them to reach out to somebody that's out of their out of their realm, not so far out of their sport, but still in the officiating world, I think was a huge step. And it made us even go, hey, it's time for us to get this rolling. We're just going to be looking at other people throwing stuff against the wall and making things happen. We've had this idea since 2018 or so. It's time to get something rolling and quit saying, hey, we'll do it then. We'll do it then. And I think that was a huge step for us. The first few episodes that we did were not so good. We're using our phones and I'm out on a walk and you can hear birds chirping and dogs barking and people driving next to me. But it's like, hey, let's get started and get something going and see if there any is any traction there and then build from there. And I was listening to um, another person that's really successful, you know, that you hear those successful business type of things and they're talking about just take the step, just take the plunge or you're never going to do it. You're going to keep making excuses to not do it. And I was like, hey, I got to heed to what I do with my daughter. Quit making excuses and just find solutions. You're always going to be able to find an excuse. That's the easy part. But what are you going to do to find the solution and make yourself better, make somebody else better? What are you doing? What are you giving back? And this is what it's been for us. I'm getting ready to go on a drive this weekend. Podcast is a great realm for us to throw something on and listen to it as we're going down the road. And here, here it is, you know, a, a year, almost a year later, and we're still making headway. But Scott Kennedy and John Bennett have decided that they want to break in on our side of the mask. So now they can have both masks on and both sides of the mask. So welcome, gentlemen, to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having us, guys. Outstanding. Yeah, thanks for having us on here. This is awesome. No, we are very excited to have you guys on. We've been wanting to get you guys on for a while and build our base and try to just continue to dissect what you guys have been doing, just the the, the platform that you've created, created and just the feedback you guys have been getting. You know, I've been following you guys for quite some time and was uh, very humbled to be invited to be on your uh on, on your live stream and be able to be interviewed and have that chat with Amber DeWalt. Now we did have a interview with Amber DeWalt not too long ago. So Scott Kennedy, John Bennett, thank you. Welcome. We appreciate you taking time this morning with us. Anytime. You're welcome. We're glad, glad, glad you all jumped on here because I'll say one of the reasons why Liz, I, I've got two daughters. I got twin daughters that are 16 student athletes. And, you know, I started in softball, slow pitch softball is how I got my umpire start. So when we were doing this, this format through Officially Connected, which is all about sports officials, helping sports officials on and off the field. I know we've talked about this several times and, and even with Tony here earlier today was like, it's, it's, it's baseball umpires, it's softball umpires, it's officials in every sport, but baseball and softball are, are similar, even though it's a different, different ball, different, you know, different game length, game times. Uh, you all can get a double header done an hour and a half before we can get to the seventh inning. So, uh, but it's still, it, it's all about the network. It's all about the resources and it's the brotherhood, the sisterhood, the fraternity, the sorority, whatever they want to call it. It, it, and it, it, it still gels. And when we invited you on here, we were, we were hitting that part of the female side of officiating because that is a perspective that's growing. And, and like our platform was growing. It's like, we want to tap into 
you know, who's who in, in the female uh, officiating world and, and have had some great guests on our show. And, and when you were, we're like, man, if we can get Liz on, that'd be awesome. So no, no disrespect, Tony, uh, but you didn't fit the mold for that podcast. And we'll get you on hopefully here soon because we, we, we love what you all are doing. We love talking to Craig Hyde, Marty Azabishan. I mean, that was a great interview Johnny and I did with them on Officially Connected for the Zoom. And it got a ton of feedback and got a ton of likes and we got more followers and, and still like Liz was talking about, she's, she follows and we, we love the the female officials and umpires that are, that are starting to, to pick up, to pick up ground going, this is awesome that you all just don't hammer on y'all just, you all just don't say guys and baseball umpires and guys, you all touch everything. So again, I know it's long winded, but thanks for having us on here. It's, it's uh, awesome to connect with you all. Finally, Tony and Liz real quick. If, if Scott gets going, you're going to have to stop him sometimes because he won't stop. He'll keep talking <laughs> and he'll keep talking. You got to find a moment to get in there. And, we got look, look for your moment. <laughs> it's no different than officiating. You got to find the right time to interject in that argument. Yeah, you got to you got to let him have a say, but then you got to you got to step in. It's no different. I'm trying to kill an eight hour workday. Isn't this an eight hour workday? I'm trying to make it go by fast. <laughs> Deep breath. But, but hey, you know, with, with 2020 shaping up and, uh, you know, a lot happened in 2020 and, and I'm glad that it's gone and we can focus on 21. But uh, it, it gave everybody an opportunity to take a step back and, you know, assess, you know, take personal inventory, take, uh, you know, officiating inventory, where you've been, where you want to go and improve on your skill set from behind the camera, whether it's training or uh handling situations, rules, whatever that might be. So it was a great opportunity for officials to, to, to improve their craft. But, you know, given what 2020, a lot of things happened, you know, uh, diversity inclusion was, was a big, you know, it was on everybody's minds. Right. And, and Scott and I got to talking about that, you know, women in officiating and, you know, we're all people now there's going to be, there's going to be a, a big league female baseball umpire here very soon. Right? Mark my words, right? Uh, forget about male, female. It's about the person. Can they do the job? And you saw it firsthand this past weekend uh, with Sarah Thomas breaking the breaking the mold and being the first uh, uh, female to officiate in the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of good things happening. At the end of the day, uh, whether it's the big leagues or little league, people just want to get the things right. And if you're male or female, it doesn't matter. Get the things right. Do a good job. Be a good person, and good things will happen. I'll get off my soapbox. And Johnny says, "Johnny says I get going." What's the man? We're like dogs in a cage, just ready to get out and run. Here we are. Like I was saying, there's four Type A personalities right here, and we all want to be the best at something. And the way that you can be the best on this podcast is getting the longest one. So I think that's what we're shooting for right here. This is going to this going to be one podcast per drive. Going to get me all the way down to where I'm going this weekend and maybe halfway back. We might have to there do like go. an episode part series. And then we'll get know? into the first question. There you go. Scott. I'm more of a B plus, Tony. You know, I'm not sure if I'm really type A. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a tremendous slacker, Danny. That's right. <laughs> You know, John's exactly right. And not just pointing out that they are a female. They're not held back because they're a female, but they are a great official. And we're going to put them on the field and not have a negative, a negative aspect to that other part of it. So, and I know Liz is the same way. She wants to be the best official. She doesn't want to be the best female official. I know Sarah Thomas is the same way. She wants to be the best official, not the best female official. And 
breaking down that barrier is huge. Yeah, I was going to say all of us can speak for this. We all have daughters and they all participate in something that's athletic, competitive. You know, I have daughters that compete in sports. You both do. Tony's got the equestrian side, which is very competitive. But I had no idea until we started talking more about it on the podcast. But you guys see that. And I think it's just a great example for all of the officials to welcome everyone. It doesn't matter where what their background is, what their gender is, what color of the skin is that we are setting the example from the ne- for the next generation that's coming up. And I know I do it. I try to do a very good job with my kids. But before we get into too detail with the OC, I really want to know how you guys handle your business at home. How do you handle the travels, the chaos, the, the organization, and being able to get your kids to and from your sporting events? Because I know mine's like a big puzzle piece. And I'm trying to go here, 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 here. And it looks like a bunch of gibberish, you know? <laughs> so tell me a little bit, if you guys don't mind, what sports do they play? And... I know you guys got a couple, I think, high school kids, correct? Scott and me are going to be in-laws someday because I got a 16-year-old son and he's got twin daughters. The only uh, only question <laughs> is which one it's going to be. So Scott and I, right. be in- yeah. Scott and I are going to be in-laws one day. But uh, they, you know, they're, they're, they're too picky. They like classy <laughs> young guys, so I know I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> oh, that's not nice. <laughs> in uh, case Jake listens to this. So uh, Tony and Liz, about – Five years ago, 2016, it was the first season that I wasn't on the field. I've got a couple of kids, uh, 16 and 14 now. Um, it was driving me nuts that I, I, I was missing them growing up. And uh, I would get calls that Jake did this or Brooke did this. And I'd be in Raleigh or wherever I might be across the country. And it just got to the point of I, I wasn't having fun anymore. So I stepped off the field and, uh, you know, I do miss it. I miss the guys and, and the and the folks that uh, I got to be around. I miss the travel, but I really enjoy seeing the kids do what they do more. So it, it was an easy decision at the end of the day. So uh, fast forward five years, you see a lot. I mean, uh, Tony, Liz, Scott, we're always at the ballpark, the basketball courts, the whatever it might be. Uh, watching our kids do what they do. And uh, my, I've got a baseball player who's a junior. And so, Liz, you talked about that recruiting service earlier, that that sponsor. I get it, right? A guy called me last night trying to say, hey, $1,500 to get you uh, some videos and, and put in front of some coaches. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I need to start my own business. But but the ones that do it well, it's the ones that do it well, it's an investment. They really, they do a good job and then there is a need for that, but I've got a son going through the process right now of being recruited. I've got a freshman daughter who's a volleyballer and a softballer. I know you got some softballers, Liz. So, uh, I follow you on Facebook and see what you're doing there. Um, and let me just tell you this, going to all the baseball and softball games that we go to and volleyball games, travel ball parents are crazy. Let's just say it. We're all crazy. Um, and, and, Thank goodness we're all officials here, or I'm a former official, but not everybody has the same perspective as the four of us, right? Little Johnny, he's the best thing since sliced bread, and you can't call a foul on him or a strike because if it was a strike, he'd have swung at it, right? So you see all these things in the stands, and I, I know Scott with his girls, uh, he's got a girl playing basketball right now. Uh, you know, Kentucky basketball is a pretty big deal, and uh, – you know, he he, uh, he he speaks his mind to parents at times and trying to help them have perspective, because at the end of the day, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. 
it's okay. Right. But, uh, you know, that's what consumes my time. I do see a lot of officiating last summer. It was great to go to, to Lake point and, uh, you know, the United umpires do, uh, uh, the assignee down there with Alex Gandalis and, uh, and Todd Marler and those guys. And, you know, when they, when they saw me, they, they said, Hey, come here. We want, want you to, in a picture, right? We want to see, it, it's about that brotherhood, sisterhood. So I'm still around officiating and it's still phenomenal. I'm, I live vicariously through Scott. And, and if I want to see people miss some pitches, I just turn Scott on TV and, and I'm, I'm good for a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we have fun, but Scott, talk about your daughters. No, there was, as you all can see, Johnny and I, we go way back. And, and I said, as you all know, umpires and referees, you got to have thick skin to do this job. And if we weren't such great friends and, and we all, there's a, there's a little group of us that go to lunch and, and like Johnny said, living vicariously through us, we keep Johnny in the loop. Johnny actually assigns uh, the liaison to uh, the D1 stuff around here. So that that's an easy fix for him because that keeps his foot in the door. He's still on the roster. He gets all the emails. He knows what's happening. He's just not physically on the field, but mentally he's still right sitting behind uh, second base going, he, 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 I can leave whenever I want. And you guys are out here for four hours. Ha ha ha. But we do a lot of, we do a lot of, of, of rib punching and, and knee slaps and stuff, but we also have some great ideas and some great things that we're trying to do for officials uh, as you all know, but I I got twin daughters that are 16. Uh, They're juniors at a all girl private Catholic high school, which is, which I wasn't sure how that was going to go over since it wasn't co-ed, but they love it. They absolutely embrace it. Uh, the academics are, are good. And when I say student athlete, uh, I think I enforce that just because of what I know from my perspective as being a former professional umpire and, and now collegiate umpire and, and I'm still a high school basketball referee. So, and I, I assign for an NAIA conference that I used to be a student athlete in. So I, I get it. I get it from A to Z and I tell them I, I really do. I mean, I've been all of it. I've been, been the athlete. I've been, uh, I've, I've been the administrator and, and I'm the parent and, and I'm also the official in multiple sports. So uh, mine are starting to drive. One's got their, the one that's got a 4.0 is the one that got her permit first. And the, the one that's a 4.3 and, advanced and, and, uh, in AP classes, she's, she's smarter than everybody else in the room and didn't read all the instructions on her permit. So she missed it by one because she failed to do uh, an instruction. So she had to wait a month. So she's still, she can't test until the end of this month. And that's driving her crazy because her sister is taking her to some places. Uh, but trying to juggle it all around that helps. But we, uh, you know, I have a, I have a whiteboard here at the house and, and I write down all their stuff and, and I have all my games listed on there. And then, they kind of know the routine. They were, they, they kind of know the routine. They expect me to be gone on weekends, but they know Thursday when I was driving them, I would drop them off for school on Thursday. And then I said, Hey, I'll see you Monday morning because Thursday afternoon I'm driving to wherever my series is. And then, you know, mom's pretty much on her own independent and can, can handle it. And I've got a great support system around here with, uh, you know, within laws that can, uh, help out. My father-in-law is a huge sports fan. So that helps that he's in tune with basketball and the other one plays soccer. Um, so they've had some success at, at both sports. And, and as Johnny said, you know, Kentucky's pretty competitive in basketball and, and I hate missing those games. And, and, you know, there comes a time where I have to turn back in a game because, Hey, we've advanced in the regional or we're going to the state tournament. And I'm like, I'm not going to miss one of their games the four years of their high school and I haven't refereed for this is my third year, not refereeing because I'd always said when they were little, 
when they get into high school and, and they pick a sport or they're going to do a sport, I, I'm, I will be there as long as it's not a requirement by the SEC or the ACC. They understand what mandatory means. And then they also understand I can pick and choose kind of what I want to do. And, and if they have a game or something, I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll they're like, you're going to turn back in that money? I go, yeah, for four years while they're playing? Yes, because I knew how important it was when I was growing up. My, you know, looking up and seeing my mom and dad sitting in the stands. I loved it. I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you our record at all in any sport that I did. It, it didn't matter. Uh, but I could tell you what were the big events that happened during sports in high school, the high school years and, and what events my mom and dad were, were there for. And it, and it meant a lot to me and we're close. And, and our kids, like I said, they are, I, I, I speak to my girls, you know, just from a travel perspective of, Hey, keep me in the loop and I'm not going to bash you. I'm not going to hammer you. I just want you to have fun. And, and I just, I just like seeing you guys play. I'm not going to be critical that you airballed a three pointer. Hey, I'm glad you shot the damn ball. You know, I'm glad you took a shot. Uh, yeah. Do we, do we want to shoot an air ball? No. So why do I need to hammer about it? You know, I might, I might, I might poke her in the ribs going, Hey, that was a great shot. Great form had good arch on it. If you'd put a little bit of oomph behind it, it might hit the rim, but <laughs> you know, and, and we get along like that. So it's a, uh, I'm, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty fortunate in the situation that I'm in, and my employer also. As long as I've got a a, a cell phone and internet access and whatnot, I can do my job from the road. Depending on doesn't matter where I am, so I'm I'm pretty fortunate in that matter as well. I tell you what the the ability it's in, a lot of officials. It seems uh, even prior to the pandemic, you had a lot of officials that are able to work from wherever because you find yourself locked up in your hotel room on weekends getting work done. You know, if you got a cell phone and a, and a laptop, where does it matter where you work, right? And the pandemic is 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 even limited that to, to be more popular than ever. But the Tony on the equestrian side, tell us about your uh, your daughter on the equestrian side. Yes, yeah, so my daughter started riding when she was about six years old, and uh, she was really enjoying it. She always liked horses. I've never ha- I never had horses. I was never around horses when I was when I was younger. But she's like, I want to do it. So we made it happen. She started taking lessons. And then there's a drill team that is a part of the barn that we're at. And they were doing practice there. And she just looked up to those girls so much. And she wanted to be a part of it. So a few years went by and she still kept interest in it. And so my in-laws helped out. And they're like, hey, let's find a horse. So we found a horse. And now we have two. And uh, so wow. we have a chestnut. We have a chestnut. And we have a buckskin, uh, Oakley and Chester. It's been quite a ride, and this year I was so proud of her. And her season lands well for softball because it starts about June, and that's when we're getting done. But the practices and things like that are where I'm having to step in and, and help a little bit more and make some sacrifices for – I don't sacrifice may be the wrong way to really say it but because I, because I want to be there. But stepping back from those games and those situations, my wife is in school. She's in nursing school. Um, she holds kind of a nursing position. She just doesn't get paid like one. So I was like, let's go get a piece of paper so you can get paid like one. Right. <laughs> so we're making that happen. And um, she started writing more and she wanted to be a part of this team. She joined in and she just took it full force. She learned how to train her horses. We got her in line with some people that were showing her some things to do. And she just took force and started doing those things that the people told her to do. And she helped other people collect their horses, collecting where you make your horse drop its head down. So you're working the top line of the horse so that their rear end muscles, so they have a nice butt. You want your horse to have a nice butt. (laughs) (laughs) 
and so that they can just keep up their stamina and their their what they're doing. And so she just took full force of that. And they had tryouts this year. They did it different than they've ever done it before. They had different stations they had to be at and different judges that were their judges. Quotation, the um, board members of the team, which are also girls that are writers on the team, were judging them for it. She went in and she got the, she scored the most points. The most points out of all of them. And she is by far the youngest one. She's 12. Wow. Some of them are seniors in high school. Some of them are married and in their mid-20s. And she scored... Better than all of them. One girl ended up getting extra credit points for making her horse dance to uh, Cupid Shuffle or something at the at the end. So she got five <laughs> extra credit five extra credit points. But minus that, she was the highest scored rider that was there, and I was just so proud of her. And now it's for her as she is the youngest one on the team and learning her place in that. Whenever you're that beginning umpire and you're on a you're with two seasoned guys and or girls, and you're the youngest one on there, or maybe the newest one to, to it. What are you doing to be a part of that team and, and teaching her how to be that part of the team? Of Your opinion does matter. They are listening to you. It just may not be that yours is on the forefront of their mind or somebody else might want to turn around and have the idea later. So kind of teaching a little bit of those aspects for her. But how would you guys say for you, you know, you're both, um, you've both been in the higher ups and, and Scott, you mentioned that you are a professional umpire. Whenever you get that new person on the crew that's on your, on your list, how do you welcome them in? My power chats that I've been having is the newer umpire and how they fit into the crew. So how would you say for somebody new, how would you say they fit into the crew? Well, one, I try to take it from, you know, the, both of our backgrounds, Johnny and, and myself, we both former pro guys. And that's where I got to know Johnny was, I didn't know Johnny before pro baseball. And then we wound up, I ended up moving to Louisville and then getting connected with Johnny that way because he was a Louisville guy already. And and that's where kind of, we started this relationship and, and then just building on these relationships, um, being an instructor down at Wendell State School for eight out of my 10 years in pro ball, I learned how uncomfortable it could be, or if I was somebody in my position, like I was as an instructor, now I'm working with Sam Holbrook and Charlie Relford uh, in a group. And I'm the guy on kind of like their three-man crew teaching a umpiring fundamental. How comfortable they made me, taught me how I want to put somebody else in my position. And I wanted to be the Sam Holbrook and the Charlie Relford or the Greg Gibson. I wanted to be the teacher. Um, and I do that to my crews now in the SEC or, or the ACC, if I'm the crew chief and whatnot, what I do is, is I know a lot of umpires on our roster don't have the background or the resume that I do. And also know that a lot of people Google and research us and I don't have to give, I don't, I don't, I don't say I have to, I just don't, I don't tell them my resume. I don't say, Hey, here's what I did. So you'll, you will respect me and then put my put my sword down into the ground and, and, you know, claim all glory that I'm, I'm the best and, and I'm the only one that matters. And because I, I don't, I don't believe in that. That was a, that was what I used to do. Um, but with Google and stuff, our umpires are already doing that. And I'm, and I know this because they tell me and I just sit back and listen. So I try and break the ice. If I've got somebody that's new and hasn't worked with me, you know, I may get a text from them and they go, Hey, uh, Scott, this is so-and-so. And, and, uh, you know, I just wanted to reach out and say hello and 
kind of introduced myself and I'm like, you know, and, and I've probably already started that process of trying to look up their name and phone number uh, because I want to send them a text because I want to break the ice before we get there. I want to, I want to talk to them and I want, I want them to seem comfortable that, Hey, I'm just like you. And I put my pants on the same way as you do every day. I've got, I've got, you know, I've got honeydew lists to do every day. I got a full-time job. We got two kids. I got to take care of them. I have the same responsibilities off the field that you do. And and we're going to be working together. So I don't, the only thing that's different about me being on this crew is that I've, I've done it longer and I've done and done more games, you know, and, and that's the only thing. And that then I may be the crew chief. So I have more responsibilities. That's the only thing different. I've got to turn in paperwork. I've got to do evaluations. I've got to do this, that, and the other. I got to get us hotels. Um, I got to coordinate our travel between each other, which is a little different now since they all want everybody taking their own car and doing this, that, and the other for rentals. Um, so that's going to be different, but I try and, I try and embrace it as to, I'm going to open up the door and going, Hey, it's just a baseball game. It's just a basketball game. Let's go lunch. I'm going to get in at so-and-so time. I'm going to go grab lunch. If you want to go, you're more than welcome. If you want to check into your hotel and take a nap or, or take it easy or, or, Hey, you just need a, you just need a breather. You need a stress relief that you just need to stay in your hotel room and send out some emails and get things caught up at work. I get it. I'm fine. You're not hurting my feelings at all, but I want you to be invited. I want you to be invited, come eat lunch. And, and if we do, it, it usually they, usually we all go to lunch if we're all getting at the same time. Um, and especially if I don't know somebody, but I go and I'm like, Hey, what do you do? Are you married? Do you got kids? Do you got a job? Um, what do you do for your job? What do you like about your job? And, and is that good for you? Is it a good fit? And, and that's kind of the things I just try to do as icebreakers. So I try to get these umpires and referees comfortable with, with going, Hey, this is okay. You know, I've already met him. We've gone to lunch together. <sighs> awesome. Okay. Now we're just going to meet up at the ballpark, head on over a little bit early so we can cover some, some pregame responsibilities. And then one through four on a baseball field, I, you matter just as much as third base. If you're not scheduled to have the plate, you matter just as much at third, second and first for the weekend that I do. If I had the plate or whenever I have my plate, my plate game, we're all in it together and, and we're going to live and die as a crew. And I'm hope, hopefully with, and especially with replay and stuff that, that kind of helps, but you know, I, I get the feel for them. And then I try to, you know, they always like, Hey, could I've done something better? And, and, you know, I'll offer some constructive criticism if, if need be. But a lot of times I, I try to remind them, Hey, you know, you're not, you're not trying to make the team. You've already made it. You're not on the JV. You, you made it to the varsity. You want to get the SEC? You're here. You know, to keep doing what you were doing in these camps and clinics to get you noticed. Don't change anything because you've seen me do something different in a game or something. And well, I saw you do this on TV a couple of weeks ago. Well, that fits me. It doesn't fit you or you don't have to do it. It's not, it's, it, it may be just something that I do like an Ed Hockley or something. I may just explain something different or I may have a different mechanic and I may be louder than you are. Um, it's just what I've been doing for just longer than you've been doing it. Now, if you want to take it and use it, that's fine, but don't think it's, it's required and but put yourself in an awkward position or take yourself out of position because you weren't able to do it a way that I did it. Just be you just, just umpire. Uh, same thing with refereeing, just referee the game. You know, a lot of, a lot of the referees that I work with are the same way of going the same, the same route is, is, a lot of them know that, Hey, you, you are, you are a pro guy. Now you do college. Oh man, that's awesome. And I'm just a high school referee. Me too. I'm just a high school referee. I have no aspirations to get into college. Um, and it, you know, it's kind of like watching Johnny bounce around on this video on and off the podcast. This that other. It's kind of like, Hey, we just adapt. We adapt. <laughs> I I, I we get along what, with the crew. What, 
what gremlins usually scott's the one with technology challenges but it just keeps kicking yeah, me out but but i've upgraded hey, and now hey you can't I pay kicked, your bill i got kicked out scott was talking i came back in scott was talking so i guess i didn't you know it, it, he's gonna keep going and going he's like the energizer bunny with the microphone but uh well, so, I keep hey, going because I'm like, you you're, you can't jump in because you're not there to jump in. I'm well, like, okay, well, I guess I'll have to touch well, something else. Well, Johnny's not there to chime in. I'm, I'm oh, gonna, there he is. He's I'm gonna off add, again. I'm going to add to what you talked about, Scott. I think, uh, you know, in the minor league days, it was. Are you cutting me off? Yeah. I'm done. You got it. Are you cutting hey, me hey, off already? They only again? got, they only got an hour, Scott. They only got an hour. That's know? right. We're done. We but, got we got six minutes left. But we won't answer one question. In, I'm the, minor, in the minor league days, you had a, you had a crew for a year. And sometimes it would change it up a little bit when people got promoted, but you got to know people throughout the year and you knew you had 142 games, get to know somebody and uh, it just happened. Right. But in the, in, in college, high school, uh, youth, youth sports, Hey, you might, might be with someone for a weekend. You might be with someone for a game, right? Just a lot of mixing and mingling. Um, baseball did a good thing and, and help me understand this on the softball side back probably 10, 12 years ago, they came out with that CCA manual on the baseball side that helped to solidify, um, you know, three man, four man, two man, and gave you a standard. Whereas before that it was kind of, Hey, you're working three man. There were 10,000 ways to work three man on the softball side. I'm sure you guys, you guys have a CCA type of, of situation. Yes, so it's great to show, great to show up and know everybody's on the same page. Hey, we're going to do it this way. So that, that helps a lot. But, um, you know, when, when you're getting thrown into someone you may not have met before and, and having to work with them, I think there's two kinds of officials. Um, there's officials that are happy for their partners, happy for their crew when they have success. And then I think there's officials and, and it's not the best way to think, but I do think there are officials that are selfish and, when they see their partners get promoted or they see their partners get selected for postseason, they, they, they wish it or they think it should have been them. Right. And I feel if you're happy, happy for your partners, if you, if you want others to have success, uh, it ultimately comes back to you tenfold, right? Just be happy for everybody. Work hard. Good things happen. Um, but you talk about, you know, how, do, how do people get along with the crew? Um, as a young official, you know, keep your nose clean and, and, uh, listen, right. That, that's a huge part to, to gaining acceptance and learning as you get older, be that official that gives back and, and welcomes, welcomes a new official or is a nice guy. And, and someone you can talk to someone that, that does work hard. Uh, there's just a lot of pieces that go to it, but I, you officiate like you live, right. Uh, if you're a good person and work hard, good things happen, whether it's in the office or on the field. Uh, so it's no different, in my opinion, uh, in officiating. Would you agree? Oh, wholeheartedly. You know, it's, it's something that my mom said to my youngest daughter one time. Ugly gets ugly. I think it just really holds true. If I'm not treating that other official when they get something that they have deserved as well, and I'm treating them ugly, I should only expect ugly in return. Yeah, And when we're out there on the field, we're on the same dang field. You may be Scott Kennedy. You may be John Bennett. But I'm Tony Williams, and we're working this game right now, and you are just as big as me. I'm just as big as you. Exactly right. I may just not have a plate that weekend. Yeah. Hey, and that doesn't matter because you you may have it. If you're working with me and I get hit in the foot, I'm coming out and grabbing my head going, I may have a concussion. <laughs> I got hit in the foot. Keep my brain I may down have there. a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> Bring in the right I, I mean, You may have to. I'm calling in for relief. Yeah, I'm calling in for relief. So. 
Well, it may be even different this year with COVID testing. COVID right. testing may pull somebody off the plate. You may be yeah. in a four-man series that weekend, and now we're just on three because Scott's coughing in the in the hotel room. Exactly right. It's just because he's got. Um, it's just because yeah, he's got the plate. I've got that the sniffles. Day. He's got the <laughs> I've plate. I've got the plate. Day. Yeah, I've got the plate. I'm like, man, I don't think I can do it. This is Sunday. Oh yeah, I'm, I've definitely got a fever. Uh, have you like, have you? <clears throat> oh man, I think I've got symptoms. I need to go on home. They're like, okay, we'll we'll go ahead and put your put your deposit in the bank on Tuesday. I hope I hope you feel better. Thanks a lot. Okay. <laughs> Grab me a coffee. It's like to the go. man cold. Yeah. It's like the plate cold. Yeah, exactly right. I'm getting a tea time on the way home. I'm not telling my I'm not telling my family that I'm coming home early. I'm I'm getting a tea time. We've all got friends that uh, you know they might have have uh, some nicknames like no plate so and so right because when it comes time to do the plate, uh, when it comes time to do the plate, their yeah. their stuff's at home. They they forgot it. Oh, yeah, exactly right. All right. Sometimes we'll have a double header and you'll be base base for that double header game. I like that. So there's always an umpire that's in my area that seems to always get that. And we call it the Terry Holt rotation. We've got a name for that as well in, uh, in Louisville, but we can't, we're not going to throw him under the bus right now. That's okay. I'll throw Terry under the bus. I'm okay with this. Yeah. Love it. Oh my gosh. I love this because, you know, we, we got all this crazy stuff, but we are so excited that the season is starting. And I know Tony's got an uh, upcoming assignment coming this weekend. I start next week. I know Scott, you start here soon. And I know we, there's like so many things we got to prepare for and it's exciting. You know, there's something I could share with you guys. My, oldest starts her first year of high school softball. So I had to kind of block some dates and stuff like that. So that way I'm available for her season as well. But some of the common ground that we have is that, you know, we do interact with the official, the officials and umpires outside of our insider community and outside our community. And you guys started this officially connected. Tell us a little bit more how you guys got this going when it started and um, and whatever you can give us an information of, like, what's going to happen for the future? How do we get connected? Again, I mean, and, and he tells me I'm long winded. And for, <laughs> for those this that guy can't on? see us, we're all on a camera. <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy? Who's this tech guy? He's the tech guy. I'm like, and he it, during OC after dark, I'd be outside. And that's where I would get kicked on and off. And he's coming back. But <laughs> hey, I'm like, I was like, why are you outside? And I'm like, Johnny's, because it's 10 o'clock at night. Johnny's he's back. back. Back again. Back again. Here he Johnny, is. they want you to touch. Yeah. Hurry. Johnny, hurry, we're not in the dark, right? Kicked off again. <laughs> Here he is. So he's uh, green screen only. <laughs> so I better answer this quickly before I get kicked off by the gremlins again. I don't know what's going on. Hey, your Bill. Dude, I swear hey, I, I've got bandwidth. It might be the ten thousand kids I got in my house doing Zoom calls for uh remote instruction and, and my wife works from home too. So we work with a lot of part. We've worked with a lot of partners over our years, and chances are pretty good they do something outside of officiating that are pretty cool. Whether they're a realtor or a plumber or an attorney, there's a lot of skill sets that officials possess. And I thought it would be cool to have a platform if somebody needed something. Hey, let me check out this platform to see if there's an official that happens to do what I need. That is the that is the foundation for officially connected. And uh, back in 2014, we we started that. Scott and I had a conversation, some some drawings on napkins. Uh, I met with several folks to see if they had interest. Some did, some did not. But Scott and I, it it was there, right? And then last year, 
Actually, we just celebrated our birthday, Scott. Woohoo! Happy birthday. The, the platform was launched. Yay. Even though we had the social channels, the Facebook, the Instagrams, the, the Twitters, the actual platform wasn't launched until beginning of 2020. And the goal is to drive community, to ask questions, to be a place where officials can go and enjoy the brotherhood, sisterhood that officiating provides. And if they need something great, that's a, it's a resource. It's a place to go and ask questions, whether it's officiating related or, uh, or if it's, I need an accountant. Um, matter of fact, we got tax season coming up. And we lost him again, but we do. Well, and I knew where he was going with that too. Uh, like I said, for, for the people that are listening to the podcast, we're all on a camera. Johnny keeps getting kicked on and off. Uh, and I don't know if it's got to do with all the ice that we have. We have like, we have an abundance amount of ice in Louisville that hit our, hit our, uh, metropolis area here, but, and it has shut down a ton of businesses. Games are already canceled as of last night. They knew this was going to happen, but, um, and Johnny probably doesn't pay his internet bill anyway. So they probably just said, Hey, we're cutting him off. But like Johnny's talking about with officially connected, like tax tax seasons right now, we also have accountants that are umpires and referees that offer services. And, and I mean, we have guys in Texas, we have guys uh, out in California that are going, hey, if you're unofficially connected and you need some help or you got any questions, just contact me on here. Same thing. It's the LinkedIn platform. It's I said, we. I don't know if you, you would say steal, but we we're like, hey. LinkedIn is is a, is a good shell, and if you want the if you want the 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 guts and the insides, then you pay for a subscription as to what you want pertain to. Uh, so that's what we did with Official Connected. Said, okay, well, hey, we want to be the LinkedIn model. We want to be the LinkedIn platform, but but just for sports officials. I mean, everybody that's a business person or everybody that's trying to network and maybe trying to find another job or trying to find resources. Uh, and news articles and and stuff would join LinkedIn for that matter. And and we're trying to connect officials. Uh, with other officials off the field so they can provide that service. We've helped people find, uh, in Texas, we found two jobs for guys that were unemployed because of COVID um, and just our network and resources and, and us farming stuff out. It's not me individually contacting people. I'm sending out stuff going, hey, does anybody have any, you, do you, you know, hey, I've got some people in Texas. Uh, here's this company. Are you guys hiring? They're like, yeah, we actually, we're looking for, you know, we're looking to hire 10 to 12 people. And I'm like, Hey, I've got two for you. And then I send them the contact info. I don't do the hiring and the firing. We just open up the doors. We, Hey, it's, it, we can lead the, you know, in the equestrian side, we can lead the horse to water. Right. And Tony, when you're talking about equestrian, I, I run into the equestrian teams all the time in the sec. I mean, it's not unheard of. Uh, and then my, my sister-in-law went to Auburn and, and graduated from the veterinarian school. So, and she deals with, with, uh, uh, the big animals and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's a, you know, the equestrian side is growing just like, just like soccer, just like women's soccer. Women's soccer used to be co-ed when I was in high school. You had, you had maybe two or three girls. It wasn't uncommon to see two or three girls on a boy's soccer team. Well, now you have boy soccer and female soccer. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's growing. So, and, and I know, I know what you're going through. I, I, I definitely couldn't handle two horses because I handle three dogs now and that's a chore. So I can imagine adding two horses uh, to the fray, but the networking side of Official Connected was was you need help with taxes and you're not very good. Or we've had people come on here and say, "I didn't know that I should be keeping my receipts for uh, uh, equipment or apparel or hotels or travel." You know, we're like, hold on to them. We're not CPAs, but give them to your tax guy and say. And I always just tell them, you're getting taxed on the money that you make. 
you need to talk to your accountant and, and how, do, how, how do they recommend you take these receipts and write those off in, as expenses? So that's, that's what Officially Connected does. But, uh, you know, what's Officially Connected, another thing is uh, helping people find jobs and access to careers and, and leadership roundtables. I mean, we've done a whole bunch of things. The leadership roundtable last year, I thought it was, was phenomenal. We're going to do it again here soon. We had our first bourbon club meeting a couple of weeks ago with Scott's brother being the facilitator. We called it the bottom of the fifth, um, pun intended. So, um, just doing some fun things like that. Um, it, it, it is, <laughs> about, <pickups. laughs> you know, we have a lot of fun with it and, and we'll have, uh, we try to stay away from politics and religion, right? And it's like business, right? We try to stay away from those two topics and uh, we love everybody. Um, you know, it's about helping one another and a uh, good, good story last year. Uh, I forget his name and it's on tip of my tongue, but uh, a young man from Nashville uh, got released from minor league baseball uh, about a year and a half ago. And he reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, Hey, John, I'm, I'm out of Nashville. Do you know of anybody that might be hiring? I said, well, what are your skill sets? So I put his name out there with a couple technology companies. Long story short, we got him hooked up with a person in Nashville who was hiring. He still has that job today. He reached out recently to see if we could do some networking and um, asked him how he was doing. He's having success. It was in the copier and technology business, and he's making money doing good things. Um, but but that's what we do, right? That's what officials, I hope, can do. If you, if you have a hear of a job opening and so-and-so, put it out there. Let's, let's see if we can help other officials because everybody knows officials more than anybody right now have, have taken a hit on, on generating income. And if we can help them find jobs and, and make a living, that's what we do. You know, in our world of officiating and the way that we get in is all about networking. And this is what like both sides of the mask is. We do networking when we're officiating. And sometimes it's who you know, or who you've been in front of, or who they can reach out to. It's no different in the business world. And this is exactly, you know, I think our podcast and your platform meet together. And I know when you're doing the interview with Liz, you're like, man, this, this just works out. It just works out. You got, you yeah, guys have the same mindset as we do uh, about helping. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome to see that. Well, officiating, officiating in general, I mean, it's inherent. Most officials want to help their partners. If it's a new person and you know, when you, you remember when you were new, how many questions did you have? And everybody has that mentor. They can go, go back and look at and say, well, so-and-so really helped me a lot when I was younger and officials do that. That that's what we do. And, uh, uh, it's fun. It's fun to help, right? It's fun to see others have success. Yeah. Well, speaking of when we first started and our ideas of when we first started, how did you fellas get into officiating? What made you say, Hey, I'm ready to go get yelled at. <laughs> Scotty, <laughs> Scotty, take that one. <laughs> so my background, I did, I, I was trying to help out, uh, a guy, a friend that, that needed, um, some softball umpires and it was slow pitch. And I'm like, well, how, how hard could this be? Little did I know, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm 20, 21 years old. I'm, t- I'm probably 21. And, and I'm thinking, He's like, all right, perfect. Friday night, co-ed church league. And then he's like, Hey, we wear, we wear a golf shirt. Here's a parks and rec golf shirt that you wear. Everybody wears a powder blue. Uh, and, and you wear some, some Navy shorts and then you can wear footies and cleats, whatever you want to wear. And I'm like, sweet, you know, 
hey, get some sun on the legs and this, that, and the other. And I was like, oh, there'll be some chicks running around. So, oh, you know, some good little church girls. Awesome. Oh, my God. Nightmare. Those were the nastiest and and most hateful people I think I'd ever met in a church league, co-ed church league. I said, this is enough of this. So I did I did slow pitch for maybe a summer. And I was like, ah. And my dad took on a job as a commissioner for Little League Baseball with 11 and 12-year-olds in Frankfurt. And he was a high school small college umpire, baseball umpire, and had been to some clinics and, and was pretty successful and had some districts and regionals as a, as a high school guy. And, you know, was pretty much a, a very good small college umpire, but was not a phenom, but was reliable, looked the part, took his uniform seriously, cleaned it, you know, looked, you know, and that was what he wanted to do. He didn't want to travel. He had no aspirations as to, he, he was, you know, like we've all said, we want to be good. That's all he wanted to do. And he's like, Hey, if I get a tournament, awesome. If I don't get a tournament, it's okay. He was not a phone call. He wasn't a, a phone caller saying, Hey, I've been in your, I've been in your conference for 10 years. How, you know, when do I get a crack at the tournament? He's like, Hey, if I'm, if I'm supposed to work it, I'll, I'll work it. You know? Uh, and I think I picked up a lot of that by watching and listening to him. Uh, and he recruited me and my brother and some friends of ours to come umpire. Hey, you guys can make, uh, you know, I don't know what it was, 30, 35 bucks a game. There's three games a night, you know, and I'm thinking simple math. Hey, I'll make a hundred bucks a night, work three or four nights a week. And then that turned into five or six days a week. They didn't play on Sundays, you know, so Monday through Saturday, I'm like, Hey, I'll do three games or I'll do two games and take a game off. And we just kind of hung around. And, and my dad, like I said, he was the commissioner. So in between innings, he would, he would come out on the field and work with us as umpires going, okay, this was good. This was good. Hey, let's do this. Let's try this. And, and not a whole lot because you can't, as you all know, teaching umpires, if you go at them and give them, they say, Hey, come, come at me between innings and tell me what I need to work on. Well, if you try to give them five or six things, then their minds going nuts because the gerbils on the wheel running around and they're trying to fix all six things within the first two pitches. And it's a disaster. So it's kind of like, Hey, I'm going to chill out. I'm going to, I'm going to observe. And then, then I'll come at you when I'm ready, but I may give them one thing that if I can get you to change one thing today, perfect. Then we'll talk about some other things off the field. Um, and, and, you know, try to, try to get you to work on some things for your next scrimmage or your next game when I may not be there that really aren't, you know, that, that critical. So that's, that's how I got my start was at little league baseball. And then it, it kind of advanced from there. And, and my dad got me into some clinics, helped me pay for some clinics to go to and, uh, it took off from there. That's how I got my start. I, uh, I had a little bit different route, but I think the, the, the gist of getting going was, Hey, I can make some money. <laughs> uh, so 16 years old, um, played baseball forever. And I, I'm part of South Oldham little league. I made $8 a game. I remember, uh, it was probably the the summer of 1990. I worked eight games on a Saturday and made $64. I, I took that check home and man, I was high on the hog, sunburnt and all. I made $64 umpiring eight little league games and uh, I was hooked. But uh, but that was the beginning. Uh, I, I did play baseball, wasn't very good, but uh, I got to play at the college level for a little bit, warmed up a mean bullpen. Uh, let me just tell you that much. But uh, my junior year of college, uh, had some arm challenges, went to umpire school, messed up and got a job 10 years later. Um, big league said, thanks for playing. There's no spots up here. So I got in the college game, um, did that up until 2016, had a lot of fun, got to work with Scott. Uh, that wasn't, you know, it can't all be good, right? Sometimes you got to take the good with the bad. I had to work with Scott a little bit and, and, uh, 
That's how you learn to handle some situations. That's where you learn to handle situations. You're on the field with me. That's how you appreciate the good times, right? Um, that that it means a lot. But uh, I think my last uh, my last conference tournament was with Scott in the ACC uh, in '15, yeah. and uh, regionals uh, at Illinois was my last regional. And um, in in John Bennett fashion, it was it was a, uh, a firestorm to end to end the career. So uh, we wouldn't have it any other way, right? It is what it is, but. <laughs> officiating has taught me so much over the years. And, and I think officials, you know, we've got thick skin. We think quick on our feet. Um, we're all about solving challenges and, you know, we, we, we get a lot of plays, right. But sometimes we get plays wrong. And in that 10, 15, 20 seconds, it takes for that head coach to get out to you. You got to be quick on your feet and come up with, uh, Hey, what did I have here? Okay. If I missed it, how can I tell him or her what I saw and just, just officiate, right? Because we're not perfect. And, you know, video replays allowing us to get more calls right than we used to. Um, but officiating teaches us so much. And I'm grateful that uh, however many games I did, I was able to do that and apply it to, in my daily life today. Yeah, I, th- I like how you touched on that, like about, you, you can give someone some information, you know, you want to be your own person. You don't want to compare yourself to other people. And it doesn't matter which, what game you're doing. You know, we want to make sure that we're setting the, the proper example for everyone. You know, um, I'm just, I'm having a conversation right now with uh, Brad uh, Titrington from the referee magazine. And he saw that mm-hmm. I posted something and that we were interviewing you guys. And he's like, let me check with my brother because I told him, I said, have you ever interviewed them? And I know I'm going off the subject, you know, of like what you guys were just talking about, but I wanted to present this to you, but they may want to set up an interview with you guys on the referee magazine. We love it. We love that. Yeah. We know Brad, don't we, Scott? Yeah. He's, he's i uh, I've met him through NASO and he follows us on social media and chimes in a lot. And uh, he'll, he'll reply to some stuff and then I'll reply back. Sometimes it's off the record, you know, or if yep. it's behind the scenes, I don't publicly do it because I have too many people in the conference offices that monitor my social media. So sometimes I post just to be a thorn in the side going, all right, what did he post today? Well, we got to, we got to monitor it. Okay. Okay. He's good. He's in, he's in the clear. He's in the clear, you know, so absolutely. try to ruffle their feathers a little bit. And I like how you pointed out John about like, you know, you got to be prepared and have your verbiage ready. You know, that's something that we preach all the time. We have a lot of uh, guys that we tutor and that's some of the things that we talk with them, it's like you got to leave the the stuff that you learn on the Hicks side, the stuff that you learn on on the off record side, the stuff that you know you you know you can get away with at youth level. But when you're trying to make it up to that that college level or potentially pro level, you got to have your verbiage. You got to make sure that your mindset is ready to go. Make sure that you're not stuttering and you're confident in what you're speaking. And also, game management is huge. Tony and I speak about that a lot. You know, when I'm working with Christy Cornwell and her camps, you know, that's the number one thing I talk to them about is body language, game management control in 100 percent. You got to have your verbiage down. You know, it, it and mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard sometimes. And and I'll just tell it. I was a red ass coming up, you know, many, many seasons. I would lead a league in ejections. And that's just how it was back then. It's not that way anymore. And uh, new officials, old officials listening to this podcast if you want to climb the ladder, if you want to get postseason selections, video doesn't lie. Everybody's got a camera. You can't quote silence. So listen, don't be a smart ass. Um, those coaches are, are getting paid 
uh, a good salary to, to win bait, win softball, baseball games or, or basketball, whatever it might be. There's a lot going on. This is a business more so now than ever. Listen, don't be a smart ass. If they ask you a question, tell them what you got. Don't be the person that after they walk away to follow them and chase them or get that last shot in because nobody wins. Guess who loses? The official. So don't be perceived as the aggressor. Let them have their say. And, and it is what it is. That That's how, that's the secret to success, in my opinion. And correct me if I'm wrong. Listening, listening, listening. I think uh, Scott and I were on a podcast and uh, I don't know if it was uh, Craig Hyde, Scott, but, you know, the, the good Lord gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah, I think it may have even been Liz that said it. Was it? Maybe. And Craig may have said it too. I know it's her go-to saying as well. And that's why I have both of my earphones in right now so I can listen twice as much. But you find yourself in situations in the game where a coach comes out and has a question about something. And if you just let them talk, usually they talk themselves into the answer that it needs to be anyway, at least in our side of it. Or at least they have found a way to get around and go, oh, crap. Maybe you are right. And I think this platform that we're doing and, and the talking that we have has helped me stop and think just a little bit more before I go, uh, um, uh, um, or things that I say consistently over and over and change my verbiage because, you know, a coach may come out five times in a game to me. I don't want to start off with the same thing every time. Hey, you know, I got that wrong. If you can just bear with me till the next call, maybe I'll get that one right. <laughs> Tony, something might be going on. If he's come out to see you five times, something might be going on. Well, I was just trying to give the Scott Kennedy answer. That's all. Uh, there you go. That's right. Hey, hey, hey. They come, yeah, they're coming to see him at least five times in a game. Next they want to go, hey, tell us a joke. Like, hey, I'm just coming out here just to say hello. I know all these fans are getting getting rowdy because they think I'm coming out here to chew on you a little bit. But hey, man, I'm just saying, hey, did y'all like that restaurant? I saw you guys last night. Didn't, didn't want to come over and interrupt you guys, but did you try the filet mignon? Oh, it's perfect. Yes, I did too. Hey, and I love that place. Okay, see you later. Bye. But Tony and Liz, I'm a good I guy think, now. I think that uh, we are kinder, gentler than we used to be. Officials across the board, we have to be because it, we that's just the, the society we live in. But we still got to do a job, and sometimes you know, if you come out two or three times, guess what? That's probably your max for the day. You need this. You need to not come out anymore. And we've got to put our foot down. And this whole can you get help used as a crutch just to come out and delay the game and and try to make your point be known. It's hard for officials sometimes to understand. You know what? No, I'm not getting help. It's my call. I got this. And if there was a reason for me to get help, I would. But no, I'm a big boy. I'm a big girl. We're going to we're going to go with this right now because that's what we do. And uh, that's how you earn your checks. That's how you climb the ladder and uh, you're paid to do a job. Managing the game is huge. And it wants to take you from a mid-major. It takes you from a D2 umpire to moving up into the next. Balls and strikes, safes and outs. Everybody is pretty good at that. Everybody can pretty well do that. But how are you going to manage the game? And, you know, you bring up a situation of a coach coming out in our game. We put in a rule of warning a coach or warning a a game participant that comes out in questions just purely based on judgment. So a say for now. And if they do it and they delay the game, then we have to give them a warning. We don't we're not 
so much allowed to manage that type of situation anymore where it, when I was doing baseball or I do men's fast pitch, manage the situation, let them fight for the team. And we've kind of taken away from them a little bit. But there was a coach that would specifically ask questions and would fight this question over and over for 30 minutes at a time. I think during the season, he delayed a total amount of uh, games for the conference that he was in almost three hours. And so they had to do something. The coach isn't in our game anymore, but we've left that there. And it just gets hard for us to be able to manage that type of situation where you guys can do it a little bit better. And that rapport that you build with the coach, if I just throw my hand up and it's like, no, you've, you've had enough. I've shut everything down to that coach just because I don't want to have to give them a warning. I don't want you to come any further because I know that you're just going to question judgment. So I've got to shut you down some way before you even get here. And that just builds that wall up that we have right now that I feel that's in softball. And you bring up a point of not going for help in this, this coach last year that I had, and it was the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And this coach comes out, it was a Big Ten coach, and I had dinner with the Big Ten assigner later that evening I was talking about. It, and she came out and her question was, I don't think you were in the right position. Can you go for help? I was like, well, do you want me to ask my partners if I wasn't in the right position? Or was there a question on the play that you thought that I missed? No, I just thought you were in the wrong position. I said, so you want me to go to my partners? And she's got her hand around me and I'm trying to stand next to her is what they want to do. And I'm like, I move out of that situation. I was like, I'm not going to go for help. I didn't miss the call. I was right where I needed to be. I was seeing through the play. We stole a baseball term and we're using the wedge at every place now. And, And so I was looking through everything. I saw it. There was no... There was no issues that I had with what it was. And she just wanted me to go to help with my partner. So I asked him at the game, I said, what do you think of my positioning on that play? I thought, oh, that's great. And I said, well, I'm glad I didn't come to you then. And she's like, you're just being bigger than the game. And I was like, no, I'm just not going to let you belittle me to the other coach. And I'm just managing the situation. Well, at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're paid to know where you need to be, right? And if you're out of position, guess who knows it? The official. So, uh, Kudos to you for not going for help and understanding you knew where you needed to be. But but to that point, as officials now, we've got to be uh, we're the most self-critical people out there. Right. Because we want to be we want to be good. You want to get calls right and constructive criticism. That's what officials do. We help one another get better. And don't ask the question. Don't ask the question if you don't want to know the answer. But uh, to that point. College, high school, everybody, you know, we're all striving to be be the best we can be. If I don't think I'm in the right position, you know, and I might have missed it, I don't think going for help is a bad thing, right? It used to be construed as if I kick the call, guess what? I die with it. That's not the case anymore. That's not the mentality. Um, getting the call right is priority number one. But there's that fine line of getting the call right, doing your job. And then the coaches taking advantage of the fact that they know, you know not everybody's going to stand their ground and, and not get help sometimes when you don't have to. I, I think coaches take advantage of that sometimes. Well, and I had never had it before. And it was those situations where I knew, geez, that type of coach that the first time she's going to try to question you. And, and all coaches are like that. If they haven't had you at some point oh, yeah. on a close play, they're going to try to question you. And luckily for me, there was video. Uh, for and it was on it was streamed on ESPN. So I went in right quick, clipped it, and I was like, slowed it down frame by frame, and guess who was right on that one? Well, not hey, don't don't get too high on that horse because that, that next one. Uh, I patted myself on the back and then went out for the next game and was finding all the wood to knock on and 
And luckily there was a board right there for me to knock on the, and I took the field for the next game. That's right. But you're exactly right. And you can all, you're only good as your next call. And you know what? I don't care about your last one. Just like, and you, and you can't, I mean, the other part is they're paid to coach. We're paid to umpire, but you can't go at them. You got to find the other wittier line because back in our old days, we would say, Hey, you coach your team and I'll umpire the game. You're not coming out here to critique my positioning on the on, on umpiring. You, you got more things to worry about than worrying about what I'm, what I'm doing out here. And, and, you know, everybody knows you're coming out here for, for show. That's what you're known to do. And, you know, we would have been able to say that back way back then, but as you said, it's, it's a counter gentler place. And, and, you know, most, most of these coaches are taking that to the effect of, you know, okay, well, let me go out here. Well, we had a close play. So I have to go, you don't have to go every time, you know, and, 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 I think it's starting to get, you know, kind of like, oh, let me go out here and be seen. So my kids know I'm taking up for them. It's like, it's, you know, okay, if you want to come out there and be seen, but not be critical of, well, I thought you were in the wrong position. Well, thank you. But you don't, you're not an umpire. You don't know our mechanics. You don't know our system. So uh, you're wrong. Let me just tell you that. So you're coming out here for the wrong reasons. You know, Uh, it's just, anyway, it's just a train wreck. So TV you know, it used to be, I can remember, you know, early TV games and a ball and Hey, we're on TV tonight. We need, we need to look good. We're on TV tonight. Guess what? Everybody's on TV now. And these darn cell phones. Right. I mean, it took me a while to realize, Hey, nobody's watching anyway, Johnny. So what does it matter? But, uh, you know, you, you figure that out over time, especially not on the, on the independent cable television channel in Piedmont, North Carolina. Ain't nobody watching, but, uh, <laughs> but you, we get, Big groomed, brother's watching. we get groomed to, to being on camera all the time because you can't hide. And, uh, I think, I think it's a good thing. Video is a good thing because it helps give co- constructive criticism, helps us improve as officials. But I do think there have been scenarios where you get young officials that are, that are climbing the ladder and they get thrown into a fire and they can bury themselves sometimes because they want that that Kentucky Louisville game on a Wednesday night because doggone it they're they're good enough. Well, they may be good enough, but you know it, it's a different animal when you throw crowds into it, you throw TV into it. Um, it, it, it can spiral real quick. Yeah, technology has definitely put us on the radar, whether it's youth league or if it's you know the the levels that we've been doing. I mean, even like with the stuff with my kids, you know, with soccer and softball, like everything is advertised, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's, you know, on TikTok, which we just started a TikTok page. I'm not sure if you guys have noticed, but um, everything is, is on there. She means Liz. <laughs> We're on the TikTok. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's some of the things that we talk about all the time in a lot of our camps, clinics, or just even on the phone with, some, with umpires. I'm like, you are going to be exposed Regardless if it's a recording, whether it's live stream or if it's on the SCC network, you are exposed. So we really have to make sure that we watch our P's and Q's. You know, we make sure we get to our X, Y, Z's and all that and all the other letters and numbers that we could think of. But everything is exposed out there. And guess what? Your name's exposed, too. So that's why, you know, we have to be very conscious of like what we post on the social media. That's why we have to be very cautious of what we say and what we do on and off the field. So. A lot of people don't realize like how much we put our lives in jeopardy when we're out there. And also, can you handle the pressure? I loved how you put that right there. And that goes to say for a student athlete, everyone, everybody wants to go to Alabama. Everybody wants to go to UCLA. Everybody wants to play here. Can you handle four, five, six, 
10,000 fans at once and you make a mistake, can you handle that? Can you handle all of that? Or are you a little bit more of a, a, do you have that personality of, would you rather have the 50 fans out there? Would you rather have the less stress in your environment? Can you handle what's coming to you? Let me, I, I'll just tell you this right now. The first time I went down to Alabama and there was 4,500 fans on just a Saturday game. <laughs> that, I mean, to be honest with you, to anybody, they probably would have panicked. Me, I'm sitting there embracing it, embracing that journey. It was amazing. I think it got me pump, more pumped up than the players. <laughs> it is fun. I tell you what, it it is fun, and you get that that bang bang play at second base or home plate, and and uh, you might wait a little bit a little bit longer because you're you're, you're hearing the crowd roar. I'm, I'm gonna wait just a little bit longer. Let let them cheer a little bit, then I'll get them right. But uh, it, it can be fun, and uh, but uh, the crowd crowds are something else. We can't tell you this story, but Scott has a really good crowd story when he was at Clemson. But we're not going to go into that right now. Um, oh, God. Yeah. It's probably the best one ever <laughs> at what not to do. But um, yeah. Crowd's hey, we're just glad do. that Clemson has a softball program now. <laughs> right. oh, I know. Awesome? I was there for the first one. I was I was there when they were playing their very first game. They were, uh, was it South Carolina? No, Georgia Tech. Baseball was playing Georgia Tech and Clemson was breaking. They were, I mean, it, you know, obviously it's right next door. But I was listening to the PA like, oh, man, that's cool. Like, I had no idea so- that Clemson didn't have a softball program until I'm hearing we're playing at the same time. And their PA is going we're going back and forth on the you can hear you can hear everything now. Batting. It's great. Uh, it's Liz great. Hammerschmidt. OK, all right. You know, <laughs> I haven't been yeah, there I yet. Like, Finally. <laughs> I love going to Clemson. It's fun. And their fans, they know they know I live in Louisville. So being in the same they're like, I bet that I bet at football games. I was like, hey. I just, I'm a, I'm an official. I don't, I don't, I, you know, I'm not driving to Clemson for the Louisville Clemson football game. And I'm not, I'm not decked out in red and black paint because I live in Louisville and I'm down, you know, on the sidelines or, or holding some kind of defense sign at a football game and, and, you know, sporting all the Louisville colors just because I live here, but it's been a good, it, I had no idea. And I'm like, and I'm, but I'm listening, you know, they're playing Clemson's playing Georgia tech It's a pretty good ACC baseball series. And I'm, I'm more or less listening, like trying to realize, bam, this is opening weekend for softball. They didn't have softball here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I wonder if, oh, hold on a second. I got to play. He's out, you know, and then, you know, so now, I'm, and then I'm back to listening to what's going on, you know, next door at the softball stadium. So they had some good music and I'm like, yeah, all right, <laughs> good job, Clemson. Wow. What took you so long? For an real? Hour, an hour later. We don't have the money. Done. Yeah, right. We don't have the money. Yeah. But, you so, know, Liz, Liz, you talked anyway. about social media a moment ago and just a PSA for, for those officials out there that uh, the social media can get your schedule pulled in a heartbeat. So um, try to refrain from wearing or uh, being that fan on social media of your particular school or, or posting pictures of you hanging out at a party with the, uh, you know, 10 beers in your hand uh, because the conferences are looking at all this stuff. So if you can't refrain from doing things like that, just don't be on social media uh, because officials uh, can get in trouble real quick because uh, we're supposed to be agnostic and, and impartial and all that other fun stuff. But there, there are many, many uh, scenarios where officials have gotten their schedules pulled because of things done on social media. So be smarter than that. We're barely good enough to get the call right to begin with. Yeah. Right. Now I can't be picking a uniform to call somebody right or wrong, but perception is really what the reality is turning into. Exactly. But I want to hit on some stories. I think this is my 
favorite part of getting to interview people that are in different games than we are, of getting to hear those stories. So what's your best story, whether it's got a learning moment in it or not? That's a great, great question. And, and <laughs> you know, 4,000 plus games, I don't know. They all kind of run together. Scott, what do you got on that? Probably, probably more probably more teachable lessons of what not to do or learning it the hard way or trying to buck the system as to I'm going to do it my way. And then somebody get calling you afterwards or going, Hey, if you want to do it your way, there's, there's, there's another venture for you and it won't be with us. Probably the coolest story is, is getting a phone call after a fall league and, and getting a phone call from the big league saying, um, you're going to, you're going to go to big league spring training, but it was, and I've, I've made no qualms about this. They put it to me very clear. They were not, there was like one or two positions from our fall league that were getting a number. If you got a number, you were eligible to go up and down. So I think one person got a number from, from my first phone call because I got a phone call and I thought it was a joke. And I was like, I had to look cause I didn't recognize the number and I'm going New York city. Okay. Well, I don't know who this is, whatever. And I answered, I'm like, I paid all my bills. So I don't know anybody any money. So I answer and they say, Hey, it's, it's, it's a, uh, you know, Richie Garcia and we're going to, we're going to, Hey, we're offering you an invite to major league baseball to, to spring training. And I'm going, yeah. All right. Whatever. Okay. Who is this? You know, and it's, and it's actually him, but anyway, he, he made it very clear. He goes, Hey, you're uh, but, but just to let you know, you're, you're taking a schedule, you know, you're, you're, we're looking at you, but you're not going up and down. You're not eligible to go up and down. You're not getting uh, again. You're not getting a number, but you're getting a full schedule. We're putting the we're putting you on the schedule. We'll send you your schedule. You know, we'll let the big league guys know that you've been added to the roster and this, that, and the other. So I thought that was pretty cool. But I was like, I, I wasn't concerned with the number, and I wasn't concerned of of going up and down. Just I was just happy to be getting a shot, and I was happy that my name was not just going to be you know, to be, to be determined a TBD spot or something, or it said triple a umpire or something like my last name was actually on the official major league baseball roster for spring training game assignments. My question was, okay, do I still get the same pay that the big league guys do? Do I still get a rental car? Do I, yeah, you get the pay, you get a rental car. You're going to call Aaron up at Honig's and, and he's going to outfit you. He's going to send you all the stuff. He's going to send you the goodie box. And I'm like, so as soon as we're done with this call, uh, this is who you call for your rental car. This is what you're eligible to get, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, holy smokes. So Sam Holbrook and Greg Gibson call me within five minutes. They've already gotten an email that I'd been added. So they're congratulating me. And, you know, and, and I'm like, well, you know, I think I'm just taking somebody's spot. I don't really, I, I'm filling in for somebody that's probably hurt or somebody had, you know, staying home or whatnot. And it doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're making the money and you're doing this. Your name's on the list. Okay, great. Fortunately, they just from my time at umpire school, they're like, come live with us, stay at our house in Kissimmee and you don't have to worry about paying hotel rates. You don't have to worry about renting a house and you just bank that money. And I'm like, I was so, so happy for that. And then after I was talking to them, I hung up the phone and I talked to Aaron up at Honigs. And then the next day I get two great big boxes and it's got all the big league stuff in it, plate coat, pullovers. Uh, windbreaker jackets, zip up jackets, stuff they didn't wear, long sleeve shirts. And I, and, and it's all the good stuff. I mean, it's, it's the big league logo that's embroidered in the pocket of a big league shirt that, that the pocket's not sewn together. Like that. You can actually use the pocket. I'm like, Holy smokes, the base shirt. There is no pocket. I was 
trying to make it. So whoever steals this idea, just manufacture a base shirt that doesn't have a pocket. It doesn't need a pocket. Not every base shirt. They want a guy wants to wear a base shirt. What do we need a pocket for on the bases? Right. It's, it's, it's just upgrading your umpire uniform to make it look like you're working. This is a base shirt. It's not a combo. Well, this is my base shirt. And then I'm going to make it. Uh, it's a large and, and I'm actually a smaller medium, but I've got to wear a large on the basis so I can wear it for the next game behind the plate. So whoever wants to take that idea, you can give Scott Kennedy the credit for that. Um, just take the pocket off a base shirt. It's not it's not hard to do. They come they come made with you. The, the pockets have to be attached on the shirt. So just do some shirts, run some shirts without the pockets. Thomas base shirts. Genius, right? So I got all this powder blue, black. I got it all. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, this is freaking fantastic. So that was the best moment. And then telling my, calling my dad and telling him that, uh, that I got, that I had gotten a phone call, but I was, I w- I've been transparent my whole career, not trying to, not trying to pad a resume of doing stuff that I was not selected for or did not work or anything like that. It, it was very clear that there wasn't a spot available at the time and said, Hey, but you've done, you've done good work and we like you. Uh, we want to give you this opportunity. We think you'd be a good fit. Perfect. So that was the best moment in my pro career. And probably the second one was coming, was making the decision to come off the field and how much I've enjoyed being a college umpire. And just, you know, I'm gone for three days. I miss my girls like crazy when I'm gone, you know, and, and I'm ready to get home when the weekend's over. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. You know, it's a, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of work. And it's not, we just don't, it's not, it's not like you're in the national guard and you're just going for a weekend and you're working and you're getting paid because you have to. I mean, we all four of us, we love it. I know Johnny still loves it, even though he's physically not on the field. He still loves being a part of being the dad, being the parent, being a fan, but also, hey, what's going on in the umpire world? What's going on in the referee world? Just it, it probably just some stories, not just because I, I get too long winded, but just teachable moments of, of their stories and, and things that I shouldn't have said the way I would have handled it in pro baseball was not the right way to handle it in college baseball. However, there was not a mindset or it wasn't written verbiage at the time of what language you used during an ejection or after an ejection. So if a coach cussed, hey, you're in my wheelhouse and I'm, I, I fit perfect to that. You're not offending me, but my language is also going to be just as bad as yours. And and sometimes if you want to come and take personal shots at me, I, you know, after the ejection, and if you're going to stay there, then I'm going to let you hear what I personally think about you for a second, you know, until I'm done. But you're just not going to run over me with a bus and then think, you know, you kicked me in the stomach and I just laid there and took it. Um, but that was not how we handled it. And it was, I know the verbiage now has changed, thank goodness. Um, and, and that's not the mindset because the only thing we did was created bigger problems. But I think now everybody's more mature as to going, how can we better the game? And I think bettering the game is how we conduct ourselves as adults, whether it's a coach, whether it's an admin, whether it's a coordinator or whether it's the it's, it's actually the umpire. How do we deal with people? How, how would we deal with people in corporate America? And that's a whole lot of what we do with Officially Connected is the same skills that we're teaching uh, on the field at an umpire camp or clinic is the same thing we're doing in our jobs every day or we're doing in our family life at home. It's like, how do we interact and how can I make this situation better, not worse? And, and I hated writing so many NCAA reports um, just because of, man, if I could have just walked away or if I could have just not said the last thing and just let them go or whatever. But I felt like at the time, you know, I was I was still establishing my ground. So there's a, uh, you know, one of the times at, at Clemson, they're playing Florida State. Johnny alluded to this earlier, and then this will be the only one I tell because it's how you don't handle it. People are like, well, how did, how did you not get fired? But 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 I'm I'm suspended for this. I'm suspended. 
because there wasn't a policy back then. You know, if you lose a protest, that's a fireable offense. If I lose a protest in the SEC or the ACC or whatever conference, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a Sunbelt, OVC, ASUN. doesn't matter. MEAC or, or the Mid-South Conference in the NAIA baseball. If you lose a protest because you refuse to follow a policy or a procedure, you're going to get fired. You're like, well, your language, you know, you had language like this and you used to say this to coaches. Yeah. And you know what? I never lied in a report. And I always typed out the same thing in a report as to here's what I said. This is what I said. It may not have been the correct thing to say, but I, I won't lie in a report. And I didn't, you know, I didn't kick a rule. I didn't kick a, a policy. Um, I, I, I use language that wasn't, that wasn't, uh, uh, it, it wasn't preferable to use at the NCAA Conducive level. to your character. Exactly correct. You were exactly right, Tony. You took the words right out of my mouth and I appreciate it. Uh, and it's, and it's like, Hey, but now I tell people at camps and clinics, my language almost cost me my job, which pays very well on the weekends. So I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, self, you want to, you want to direct deposit from Douala on Tuesday? Or do you want to kick cans down the curb and see if the high school guy can get you a $75 varsity game that starts at seven 30 at night. That probably not going to start till eight or eight or eight 30 because the JV game went into extra innings or the bus showed up late. So I'm at Clemson. They're playing Florida state. I have no idea. I'm working a three man with the late, great Randy Harvey and Scott Graham. Randy Harvey just passed away this offseason. Very near and dear friend that took me under his wing when I got in. We, we, I mean, I worked a ton of weekends. And, and you want to talk about just chopping you right in the throat, you know, just watching what he had to go through before his life. Uh, I would say, I would say, you know, just in, in lack of better terms, he is in a much better place than the Randy Harvey that was, that was the big bubbly personality. And, and just to see his personality carry him through his body, not being able to fight as hard as his heart and mind wanted to fight. It was just, but Randy was bigger than life and, and working with him and Scott Graham at, at Florida state and Clemson, I'm going, Holy smokes, this is big league for me. This is, and, and I'm just a year or two out of pro ball and the fans there's, there's, I don't know, 10 or 15,000 people here for Florida state. And they got Mike Martin's coaching. He's a hall of famer. I have no idea who he is. You know, I, I don't know the college background. don't know the college landscape, but, I refuse to wipe off the plate. Um, it, the plate's dirty and the fans behind me are, are chanting, clean off the plate. And they're screaming at me in between batters, clean off the plate, clean off the plate. And there's, and now it becomes a stadium wide chant from the outfield behind the plate at Clemson, clean off the plate, clean off the plate, clean off. The, so I don't do it. And I'm the plate guy, obviously. And I'm standing there and, I uh, reach into my ball bag in between innings and people are cheering because, and I'm standing by a home plate and they think I'm, they think I'm getting ready to grab my, my plate brush. And I, and I pull my hand out of my ball bag. Cause I'm, I'm actually feeling for how many baseballs do I need? And I'm counting. So I tell the ball person, Hey, I need three baseballs. I'm motioning three baseballs. Well, they're cheering because they think I'm getting my plate brush. And when I pull out my hand and show, show, you know, show the number three, they all they it, there's it's quiet. And then they all start booing. And then they all start screaming at me again, clean off the plate, Kennedy. Come on, Kennedy, clean off the plate. So I get three baseballs. I'm doing this, and they're still chanting, clean off the plate, clean off the plate, clean off the plate. And I never do it. And it's like the eighth or ninth inning, and I'm still not doing it. And, I, and the catcher's like, hey, do you want me to clean off the plate? And I said, if you touch it, I promise you, you will be ejected. He's like, oh, no, no worries. I won't clean it off. Okay. I said, boo, I know where the plate is. You just catch it. So they're still chanting, still chanting. And, and Randy Harvey tells me he's standing at first base going, oh, my God. He already knows this is going to be a terrible phone call. 
<laughs> this. He's the crew chief. I'm going to have a terrible time handling this. So sure enough, the inning ends. They're still chanting it. And Jack Leggett, he was the coach at, at Clemson. He's laughing and he comes out and and I'm getting water or something. As I'm getting water, he goes down on the plate and takes his hand and wipes off the plate. And I'm screaming, Jack, get off the plate. Take it. And so people are, it's a standing ovation from the whole stadium. They're going nuts. Well, the game ends and I absolutely lost probably a, a cell phone battery charger of getting told exactly what they thought about their, their opinion on what they thought about me handling that situation. It's on video. Uh, they have it all. And I, like I said, lost a cell phone battery on what not to do in college baseball as to trying to be funny. And, and I was like, well, I was refusing to do what they wanted me to do. Cause I wasn't, wasn't going to, they didn't have any influence on me and they go, they, but they did have influence because you didn't clean off the plate. And I'm like, yep, that's a good point. And if I could read if I could redo it, I'd have said self, if you just clean off the plate, like, so now like every other batter, I'm clean off the plate. Anyway, I said, I will clean it off after every pitch if you all want me to. And I, but the, the butt whooping I took after the game, they're like, Mike Martin said this was the most unprofessional thing he's ever seen, and, and I'm getting reamed. And then at the end, I'm like, who's Mike Martin? Because I have no idea who Mike Martin is. They're like, so that's more explicitives and that he's the head, head coach for Florida State. He's going to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, they, he, he, they didn't say anything to me after the game was over. I walked right past them and went through their dugout. And, but Mike Martin is known to introduce himself as number 11. You know, and he acts like he knows me. It's the first time I've ever had me. Scotty, how you doing? And he doesn't know me. This is the first time he's ever had me. And I'm like, hey, how are you doing? I have no idea what his name is. He doesn't say he was. He doesn't say his name. I don't get on the internet to look to see what his name was before the series. So sure enough, they're like, hey, Mike Martin was mad. Mike Martin was pissed at you. And you know, Jack Leggett, you know Jack. Because and I've had Clemson before. So that's the thing that got me in trouble. I'm like, who's Mike Martin? Like, who's this guy? What does he got to say? And they're like. But Mike Martin is known to introduce himself as 11. And people were talking to him as 11. Hey, 11, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Mike, how you doing? Hey, Tony, how you doing? Hey, 11, how you doing? I didn't know who 11, I didn't know 11 was Mike Martin. So that's a life lesson. I could tell if anybody's listening to this podcast, which you all know now, I am very advocate, pro advocate of language. Just listen to what they want to say. They're not out there. It, a coach has to go through more through the rigors of getting ejected with their AD and the SIDs and the, the conference offices. There's more for them to do that. They, they're not really looking to get ejected. They're really looking to, hey, I got a question. I'm coming out. You know, hey, or maybe they did think we missed it. Perfect. Come on out. You know, but let them have their say as long as they don't abuse you. And, and we as umpires know at the even at the higher levels, it's it's okay. It's fine. But when we have to get it going, let's get, let's get the coaches back in the dugout. Let's say, Hey, it's time to go. You've had your say, okay, look, I've heard you. Now we're repeating ourselves. It's time to end it. Let's get it going. All right. We're good. You know? And then if they, if, if they don't want to stay, they know when they come out of the dugout, whether their intentions are to leave or if they're coming out to get ejected because they're frustrated, their team's not playing very well. Maybe they're on a 10 game losing streak. We don't have any idea, but they do when they're leaving the dugout, they don't want to watch this anymore. Uh, so there's different scenarios and different things like that. It's just that I keep telling guys, don't take personal shots. You're not going to get abused, but I would rather get in two or three warnings. And they're like, well, that's too soft. No, it's what the NCAA wants us to do. My first warning is, is okay, I hear, hey, I hear you, and that's enough. Okay, perfect. The second one is the stop sign. Hey, this is your official warning. If you continue to argue by rule, I'm going to be forced to eject you. You know, whatever. The third time I'm going, hey, that's it. 
you know, or, or I'm probably, you know, they're probably still going and it winds up being an ejection, but there's three warnings. Then CAA is, is like, we would love that in a report. Perfect. If that's what you want me to do in order for me to keep doing what I love to do and getting paid decent money to do it, I'll keep doing it that way. And I'll keep teaching it that way. So I'm, I'm huge on your language will do you more damage than anything. And do not, if the coach is leaving, do not let them, when they turn around, let them go. You've won the battle. Don't give them your one last one line witty answer. So you can tell it in the locker room after the game. No, let them go. You've won. You've won. You've won the battle. So that's all. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, I can keep going. There was a time back in right before Vietnam. <laughs> to Scott's point on what there's a couple things that came to mind when you asked that question, Tony, about 12 hours ago. But um, mm. it's lunch, right? <laughs> it's lunch. But, uh, you know, one of the highlights of my career was uh, uh, my dad was a big fan of me and uh, he was my biggest fan. And I got promoted to AAA in 2000, right when the uh, new stadium in Louisville was opening up and, and I got to open it up on the plate and to have him in the stands of my family, my wife and mom, that was, that was a, a highlight of my career because, you know, that's what you strive for to work at home sometimes. But I will say working at home could be stressful because everybody needs tickets and yeah, <laughs> there's not that pregame nap that you're used to, but the Scott story, the Clemson story, I had just gotten out of professional baseball and, working a game at Moorhead state rain was coming in and, you know, we, we deal with rain situations a lot. And, uh, however, at the college level, it's a little bit different than, uh, uh, in the minor leagues because it just is we're at Moorhead state. The rain started coming in. I'm trying to get it in. Well, here comes the tarp. They're pulling the whole tarp. Where's this tarp coming from? Why, why are you guys pulling the tarp? Well, the coach told us to wait Time out. No, 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 no. It, I'm I'm driving this train. We don't need the tarps right now. We're, we're playing. So the tarps don't come. Well, guess what happens? The, the rain the rain comes and comes, and, and the field is unplayable, not only for that day, but for the next day. So you talk about phone calls. The same person that called Scott and gave him an earful on uh, on his situation gave me a call as well. And uh, uh, my, my defense was, well, you know, it's my field. I'm the one making the calls here. It's not, it's not a collaborative effort. Well, it kind of is sometimes. And uh, you learn these lessons the hard way. And it's, it's easier to get along sometimes than it is to go to war every night. And I think that's the biggest lesson. As I get older and have learned over time, it's more fun to get along than go to war. So pick your battles wisely and uh, let, let your work do the talking. Work hard. Keep your mouth shut. Good things happen. That's all I got. Two minutes done, Scott. <laughs> That's his career wasn't as good as mine. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. He's, yeah, he's right. A two minute career only leads to a two minute story. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You see where he is now, right? He had to get off the hey, field. Hey, Tony, I'm still plugging along. He, he doesn't need, oh, he need any help, hey, Tony. He, he, can do, he can do just fine on his own. <laughs> yeah, I do. Tony, I like his Tony guy. This Tony Williams guy, all right with me. Tony might need you as a third wheel and officially connected on OC. Hey, I am all for it. You guys crack me up all the time. I love listening to you and, and just the character and the friendship and the family that we get together. 
there is ribbing that we can do that you just don't do with anybody else. But there was something that you said in your story, in your story, Scott, that made me realize that I may not be the only one that wears a medium shirt. <laughs> That's the in between small and medium. Oh, there. Yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> Scott's brother knows too. Oh yeah. My brother. I was like, Jesus. Never mind. It's the difference that you guys wear your shirts and the way that they are fitted around you compared to what we kind of look like sometimes on the field. And I think that's the update of our uniform that you, we were talking about um, earlier was just like, we just don't look like we're ready to be out there and just handle it. We may be fit. I may be fit as a fiddle, but I'm wearing a, a trash bag out there and, and I just, I can't look good doing it. And that perception that you have from the coaches and the fans as well plays a big part. And, and I think where we're going with, the SUP, uh, our softball umpire program, is in the right direction to get us looking the part because we are being on TV more than softball ever has been. Well, I hope you guys have had an excellent time. And I, I know that I have, and I, I think we have officially made it to uh, the longest podcast that we have Six had. So congratulations. Later. I told awesome. you. I told yeah. you. Once you get him going, he won't stop. Yeah. <laughs> But I think this is another one we can catch back up with you guys again and just have just as much fun and as much stuff to talk about. It was a pleasure being on, guys. We appreciate it. Oh, we hit it. We're going to hit it again. We're going to bring you guys on. We're going to have you guys on officially uh, officially connected. But we call it on After OC Dark. After Dark. You got to whisper. It's like the it's like the quiet zone on the R&B station there when you're driving around late night back home, coming home from a game. And here comes Joe to see and. <laughs> All the all the little the the little key sweats and all those kind of stuff that we're like, hey girl, and you're driving home going, keep it on the road, don't fall asleep, don't fall asleep. But we do that. You all have seen that? We we definitely need you all in there. Want you all to have there on as guests, and and we are definitely uh, we we cranked it up last week, uh, bringing it back for season two, uh, and and you know, after a little two three month kind of hiatus of working on some other platforms and brokering some other deals and getting some partnerships signed and sealed and, and prolonged with our uh, business platform. It's, it's been a fun time and, and we'd love the softball world that you all are hitting. We'd love to be a, be a part of that and keep you all in the mix with us as well. College softball is doing some amazing things and I, softball at all levels, but I say college softball because, uh, you know, turn on ESPN any, any given day during the spring and you can find some college softball and, and the girls are just amazing. Um, the officiating is always top notch. I mean, college softball is a great product. No, we, oh man, we really appreciate the the support. Let me tell you, if it wasn't for baseball, we wouldn't have a lot of the mechanics that we're doing. We wouldn't have a lot of the suggestions we have for uniforms. And also the big thing, I'm not sure how well it's going to partake this season, but definitely starting in 2021, it's instant replay. So that has been a huge role for the SEC because they wanted to be the first one to launch that out. They want to launch that out for our postseason, so we may have to wait another year because of the pandemic. But we thank thank for like just the stepping mm-hmm. stones that you guys have provided, the the doors that open for us. And yeah, I mean our game is is has been exposed more than it ever has, and you will see more games. ACC's got contracts, Big Ten's got contracts, Big Twelve, Pac twelve. All I mean, even like uh, like you know the Missouri Valley's got ESPN contracts. It's crazy. It's crazy out there. So. Thank you again. You can't hide. Mm-hmm. No, you cannot hide at, at all. No. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate you well. And, and 
I can't wait to be uh, T-Dub after dark on the OC. That's right. <laughs> yes. Get That's your brown, right. wa- get your brown water whispers, ready. Uh, 98.7. <laughs> That's right. Bottom of the fifth. That's right. I will. I appreciate y'all letting us on here. Uh, again, hey, and, and I know I know you're closing up this podcast, but but 110% wholeheartedly, not just because you all invited us, but when we were watching your all stuff and I jumped on there and it's like, man, I want Liz on our deal for the segment parts that we were doing. We definitely want to have you guys a part of our OC team and, and definitely going to bring you all on and, and, you know. Thank you, Scott. We'll be in touch. Yeah, absolutely. So that was Scott Kennedy and and John Bennett from the Officially Connected. Man, they can talk, they can talk, and they can talk. <laughs> well, we're here to the season now a little bit, and people are going to be traveling a little bit more. And so at least this will get them all the way to where they're going, not just partway. Oh, my gosh. No kidding. I would love to get them on either midseason or at the end of the season just to kind of compare how things went and, you know, talk a little bit more. And, you know, and I love about our podcast, Tony, is that we talk about not just – softball and baseball, but we talk about personal stuff, how we handle our everyday lives. People need to know, you know, we're human. We have lives too. Yep. So involve your family and make sure your family is a part of what you got going on. You need them support from your spouse, from your kids and giving back to them. And I think it's going to be huge for you to be home for your daughter's birthday and how excited she was for that. I know it's tough on you and thinking, man, I'm not out there. But when you see that smile on her face, nothing can, nothing can replace that. Not, oh, a hundred percent. Well, Tony, good luck this weekend. I know you're, you're going to be down in Louisiana. It's going to be nice and warm, like in the forties, right? <laughs> yeah. Probably closer to like 20 something. If we even get to play, it's raining and snowing here at the moment. And I think down there Monday, they're supposed to get like six inches of snow. That's so that'll be exciting. At least we're not playing on Monday. Right. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a ton of fun for us. I know we've been trying to get them on and it's just bringing all the community together. We're all trying to work together. We're not trying to make one person better here and, and somebody better over there. We're trying to bring everybody in and encompass everybody and get you the best information. I may be smart in one area. Liz may be smart in another area. We have people everywhere else. And that's what Officially Connected is going to do is helping officials get connected with each other and how we can all help each other out in this officiating world. It's crazy. The way that we do and the way that we handle situations can go back and forth between an NFL referee, a basketball referee, a baseball umpire, a hockey official, sideline ref at a soccer game. I don't know. Do they have any judging in bowling? A line judge in bowling. So you don't cross it. No foul. Don't step across the line. <laughs> yeah, you get a buzzer. That's the judge that you get. They've already gone to computer officiating and bowling. But man, what can we do to be together? And Liz, I thank you so much for the connection that you made with them early to be on their show that we could have them on here and communicate with them and, and hear their stories as well. Great story of maybe we should just sweep the plate off, but how fun would that be to have a whole crowd chanting at you to sweep off the plate? Holy <laughs> crap. That's hilarious. It's probably one of the best stories I've heard so far. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's been awesome. And you had our sponsors at the beginning. If you want to know more about what we have going on or get involved with us, not a huge website, but you can find a few things on there, bullsidesofthemass.com. Hit us up on Facebook, find the group, get connected with the Oculus, U-M-P-M-A-S-K, all capital letters. When you sign up, get you $5 off your first month subscription of that. They have another update that's pushing out this week. And until then, you guys be excellent.